0: It's more of a lack of preparation on um, my mm-hmm, mm-hmm. behalf because we reviewed uh, this. We were at the Apple announcement. I knew exactly what was going to be coming, and yet, and still, I was not prepared. You're listening to the Snob OS Podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. hey this is Nico Monford, a.k.a tech savvy diva
1: yo this is terence gaines a.k.a brother tech
0: and you're listening and or watching the snob show the podcast for apple snobs where we talk all things apple and then some welcome back everyone to the latest episode of the snob show we have lots of things to talk about this week so let's go ahead and jump into it and we'll start with the lowdown where we talk all things apple first up on deck i wanted to get this out of the way first before we get into the real meat and potatoes of the lowdown ios 15.1 uh was released um last week i believe or was it this week
1: nope Time. it was um it was on tuesday monday
0: Monday. It's yeah, cuz this is Wednesday. Okay, yeah. So, um any first thoughts you have about the latest iOS because we did see that shareplay is now in um implemented um the covid mm-hmm. vaccination mm-hmm. that we started uh that we talked about uh was in this release and a host of other things as well. Um but is there anything particular that really stands out to you on this latest version?
1: um not yet um because um i'm not a big facetime user surprisingly Mm -hmm. um i'm either text messaging or i'll call you and then when i call you Mm -hmm. i'm only on the phone for like five minutes (laughs) so yeah ain't no need for me to do all the facetime stuff um but if i were or if you are a facetime user probably the uh, experience on doing group facetime is better um, you can actually share, you know, screens. You can uh, maybe even do, you know, movie watching together. You know, you can do that whole sort of thing uh, with uh, the FaceTime sharing, uh, capturing ProRes video. I don't need to capture a ProRes video, uh, even though that's a cool feature to have, even though I've got the phone to actually do it because you have to have a 13 Pro or a 13 Pro Max to do it. I really ain't trying to capture that high of <laughs> content uh, right now. Uh, the last thing that was pretty major for iOS 15.1 was the fact that you could, in theory, add your COVID vaccination card to the Apple wallet via the Apple Health app. Uh, it's not that simple. There are a couple hoops you have to jump through in order to do it. So wherever you got your vaccination from, they have to be an organization that has already partnered with Apple Health in order for you to then go into Apple Health, look up your organization and request that they share the data. Once you request that they share the data, then they add that data to Apple uh, Health and then you can go into Apple Health and then share that to your Apple Wallet. So that will enable you to be able to then if you go to a concert, if you go to an event, if you get on an airplane, whatever the case may be, and you need proof of vaccination, you can open up Apple Wallet and then have a native experience to I to validate that you are you know, you've been vaccinated. Right. Mm -hmm. Not all health systems are in Apple Health uh, and depending on where you got vaccinated, like so for instance, in my case. I went to a grocery store and used their pharmacy and got my vaccination. And I know for a fact the grocery store is not uh, uh, partnered with uh, Apple Health to share data, uh, not yet, anyway. So, for those people who uh, got their vaccination with their primary care physician or got it at a nationally recognized health organization, you may then be able to go into Apple Health. Find that organization. But if you're like most of us and just went and got it when, at wherever you had availability, most cases you won't be able to take advantage of that. So, all around the world, all that to say, uh, there aren't too many features in iOS 15.1 that I personally can take advantage of yet. But, you know, depending on who you are, you may be able to. So, that's my yeah. general impression.
0: Yeah, I was looking forward to SharePlay, but. I do live alone, so, and I don't go out that much because we are still in a pandemic. So there's not really many people that I can do this share play with. The other thing, as you mentioned, the COVID uh, card, I was like, let me go, just, you know, I hadn't looked it up. I just went into my regular wallet and I clicked, you know, the add button. And I was like, "Mm," it says transit card or another debit slash credit card. I'm like, where is it?
1: Yeah, Mm. so you got to go into the Apple Health
0: app. Yep. And so when I looked it up, it was like Apple Health. I'm like, okay, fine, cool. I go into Apple Health. They say click on summary. And when you click on summary, you scroll down to the vaccination section. And I'm scrolling, scrolling. I don't see a vaccination section. I'm like, well, did I not upgrade? I was like, let me go and check to make sure I upgrade. I'm pretty sure I did. Let me go and double check. And I was like, I am on the right version. Then I read a little bit further into the Article and it was like you have to either have a QR code um, that is provided by the provider that ga- gave you your shot, or if they sent you a downloadable link um, to your vaccination card, you can get it that way. And I went to Walmart and yeah, right. um Walmart didn't have that. And when I got my COVID shot back in April, I don't think very many people were focused on the convenience part of it, it was all, you need to get the right. shot. So you go to the first right. available place. The, the the most, you know, infrastructure and technology they put around this was trying to find a location to even go and get the shot. So yeah, so maybe folks who are getting it later will get the benefit of this. But uh, for most of us, um, who got our, our vaccination early on, we will not be able to at this point. Uh,
1: and not, na- said, not native to, not, 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 na- natively, not, right?
0: not natively built into the app there. I think you did a, um, hook up on a way to, um, to get your, um, to get a digital copy of your card. Mm-hmm. Um, and not and
1: just a digital copy. So, you know, don't, a sleep, verified right?
0: company. Yeah.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, Don't sleep on the other ways to get it in Apple Wallet. You can do it via um, if you do a lot of traveling, you can go through uh, clear. I think if you pay for the the clear um, feature to where you can get through the lines faster, you can submit your um, records to get the app that way. The, The way that I did it was through this service called Go Get Doc. And then you go there and then, you you know, it's real official, right? You have to submit Mm -hmm. your driver's license information uh, on your vaccination card. You have to uh, provide specific information per dosage. So if you. They're not just uh, taking your word for it. (laughs) Exactly. You're not just scanning a picture of your COVID vaccination card and using that as digitized. This is actual. There are legit ways other than Apple to digitize your co- uh, vaccination uh, um, card. It's just right now, again, like you mentioned, the way most of us scrambled <laughs> to get our vaccinations, they weren't thinking about no digital wallet. They weren't thinking about mm-hmm. Apple Health. They weren't thinking about Apple wallet. They was like, get your shot, like you said. Get
2: your so
1: shot. uh but But again, you can retroactively do it. You just don't have the benefit right now of doing it via Apple
0: all right so let's get on to what we really want to talk about and that is m1 pro first impressions um we talked about it last week terrence and both um ordered uh m1 uh, macbook pro 16 inch uh m1 chip macbook pros we got them on tuesday uh we both set them up i am actually recording the show from my m1 um machine i normally do it on my mac mini um and uh so i come downstairs to kind of set up and get ready you know i got my new mac i kind to record from that let's get an idea well there are a couple of things that were blockers in my normal setup as you can see i am using my AirPod Pros, which you normally see. But what you don't know is that I typically use the microphone, uh, an external microphone, a Yeti mic. Well, my Yeti is not set up uh, for all of the USB-C ports that are on the M1, Um, the camera that I'm using. I'm using the native camera that is built into the uh, M1 um so you can kind of get a see a little bit of difference Terrence is using his uh external camera i'm using the built-in he's using his yeti mic i am using the the mic from my airpods so if you do hear a little bit of you know difference in quality from the normal audio it's going to be for that reason so right
1: so you that's the preface me Right. Are really field testing your M1 Mac more so than I am because you're using the native camera mm-hmm. and you're using the connectivity between your AirPods mm-hmm. and your new MacBook for audio uh, for a microphone. So <laughs> you're using it more than I am now, you know, not to get too much into my impressions, but uh, my main issue, my main reason why I get, I wanted a nor Mac was because anytime I produce the show uh, the way me and Nika do it is we kind of trade off so one week she'll produce the show the next week I'll do it so this is her week to actually mm-hmm. produce the show uh, next week when I'm producing the show that's when I'll do my real field test because again my major issue with my old Mac is anytime I try to re- record and stream live my fans will kick up something terrible. Now, right now, of course, since I'm only joining a video chat for lack of a better, you know, for all intents and purposes, um, I'm only joining a video chat. So that's not really labor intensive as far as the processor, as far as the RAM graphics, anything like that. Next week when I'm actually producing the show and I'm recording and I'm streaming, then I'll be able to give you the real test. But again, as far as my very first impressions, I love the machine. You know, um, it's thicker than my 2016 MacBook Pro. It's heavier, but it feels more svelte. Um, the the edges, as far as the physical look, it kind of gives you more of a pro feeling than just a thin MacBook. Um, the stereo sound quality is to- so so much better. Um, I used FaceTime just a little bit just to test it. I actually FaceTime my mom today and um the camera, the 1080p camera, the FaceTime camera that comes in the notch that a lot of people hate which personally I don't have a problem with. It doesn't bother even, me. I can't even see it now because I'm in Chrome, full screen Chrome, and the way the Chrome window works is it gives you a little bit more of a bar on the top but it covers up the notch. So I can't even see the notch right now. So unless you've got a major app that has a whole bunch of menu items at the top to where it runs into the notch you're not going to notice it so i think that's just people complaining because that's they what can. people do with yeah. apple products they got to find something to nitpick and the notch is the major nitpick um, and i
0: saw something i saw somewhere where someone put all of this stuff in the toolbar and it's like see who designed this half the stuff is behind it so it was like tracking the cpu usage I'm like who's doing that right besides, to, you. Like, do some, besides you and maybe if you're doing some benchmarking and you want to see some performance right. but for the most part you're never going to do that again right. so chill
1: and most people are using dark mode so as soon as dark mode switches over whether you're doing it when sunset hits or you're using dark mode all the time you won't even see the notch so no uh that's a little gripe about that um again uh another one of my things that i miss is the touch bar uh, because I do do some video editing and I was actually got accustomed to how the touch bar switched according to what software, or what program you're using. I don't have that anymore. So but on the positive, uh, I can't just do volume up and value down. You know, I can do play, pause, fast forward and rewind quicker on this Mac than I can do on the touch bar because those are the most common. Uh, buttons that pretty much anybody uses. So on the old touch bar, uh, if you wanted to, if you were listening to music like on a separate desktop or on another screen that wasn't the primary screen, you had to switch over to the music app and then the volume buttons and the play, pause, fast forward buttons would reveal themselves on the touch bar for you to use them. So with this, it's just a straight click, 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 right? So, um, Mm -hmm. That's a benefit, even though I do still kind of miss all the functionality of my touch bar. Uh, other than that, um, the MagSafe port um, is very strong. <laughs> it's not as uh, easy to knock out as previous versions of the Mac that use the MagSafe. I mean, this thing, once you get it in here and it snaps in there, you it's really have nap. to yank at it to get it out. Uh, Another benefit is the threaded or braided cable that Mm -hmm. the power cable that comes with the uh, M1 Mac. Um, It's not that flimsy cable that everybody seemed to complain about, which, again, uh, nobody is giving Apple credit for actually upgrading to the braided, more sturdy cable when they didn't have it. That's all everybody. I don't understand why I spend all this money for a MacBook, and they come with this flimsy cable. Well, they fixed it, and you didn't say, "Oh, you know what? You know, congrats or you know, good on you to actually mm. do that." So again, that's yeah. just you know, people people poo pooing just to be poo pooing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, man, the screen is so much clearer. It does the oh, 120. It's the so good. Yeah, it does the 120 hertz refresh rate, and you can tell the difference when you're swiping. Between different screens and you're moving the mouse around and you're doing some graphics processing or, you know, editing videos or editing music, you can definitely see the smoothness of the actual screen. And it's it's larger. Like, so we've got the 16 inches and you can tell it is larger without taking up more. um, It doesn't take up that much space, but it's a actual larger uh, resolution. So that was definitely um, definitely welcomed. So. Other than that, those are my main first impressions. Um, Again, I'll have to use it a little bit more specifically next week to get Mm -hmm. my real impressions. Um, I've done a little bit of video editing and, you know, rendering Um, nothing heavy yet. So I really haven't had time to put it through its paces to give you a real kind of like thumbs up or thumbs down. But based on uh, what I've got right now, it's pretty dope
0: yeah and i have to agree i have been enjoying mine uh so far um i'll get into some editing uh later either today or tomorrow as i edit this show for audio and video so i'll have a better you know view or, or thoughts on how that works but i i completely agree the screen refresh the liquid display is mwah, chef's kiss um mm-hmm. the the only thing i will say is um i don't think i've paid enough attention to is the preparation Meaning, um, for existing devices that are not on USB-C, make sure if you haven't gotten yours yet, um, that you have the necessary dongles and converters for any of your devices that may not have a USB-C port, which a lot of your older devices will not. So, um, if you have like an all new outfit, then, you know, good for you. You'll probably be in good shape. But for me, like I said, my Yeti mic, um, is not compatible. Um,
1: and your camera, right? And
0: my camera is is not compatible, um so it's just those type of things that aren't necessarily dings on the machine. It's more of a lack of preparation on <laughs> my <laughs> behalf because we reviewed uh this. We were at the actual announcement. I knew exactly what was going to be coming, and yet and still, I was not prepared. Well, maybe walk downstairs with my yeah. machine and keep going.
1: Well, maybe you know, I'm not uh, uh, speculation. But probably par for the course for what a lot of people did is Mm -hmm. when Apple announced this new MacBook Pro with these new ports, well, not new Mm -hmm. ports, when they added more ports, Mm -hmm. people probably assumed, oh, all my peripherals will work. No, (laughs) your HDMI port will work if you are going to external displays, Uh, you won't have to sacrifice a Thunderbolt 4 or USB-C port for power. So with them adding the MagSafe back, now you have a separate power and data transfer. But if you still want to use your Thunderbolt 4 port as a power, it can do that as well. But you get in theory, you get an extra port because you don't have to sacrifice the power for the data transfer. Uh, but other than that, Oh, and the USB-C slot. So if you're a person that's taking pictures, doing video, and you need to pop your uh, SD, card SD card into your Mac, you can do that. Uh, other than that, if you've got any USB-A, which is the traditional USB ports, uh, you know, again, like Nika said, you know, that is for our uh, Yeti mics and any sort of old school, not old school, but uh, earlier cameras. Uh, yeah, you're going to need a dongle for that. Or what you can do is you can switch over from, um, they've got a lot of cables and we'll we'll go over this in the hookup a little bit more, yeah. but there are ways that you can get around it. you're just going to <laughs> spend a little bit more money to make yep. yourself compatible, but it can be done. Like I said, I my MacBook was a uh, Thunderbolt 4 port, so I was already ready, you know, but I still, there's a, I do want to switch everything over to Thunderbolt 4. So I'm going to, like I mentioned in the hookup when we get to there, you know, one of my hookups will be a way that I resolve that issue.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, um, I think that's uh, it for our first impressions. Um, a couple of more things to to talk about. Um, in addition to the M1 Max uh, shipping um, on Monday, and uh, you know, most of us who had an early ship date getting those um, macOS Monterey was available on 1025 as well, which was on Monday. Um, So if you have a compatible device, you can now upgrade um, to uh, Monterey OS. Now, um, they've kind of phased out some of the machines that are compatible, but if you have, they are compatible with, if you have a MacBook Pro that is early 2016 or later, and later, MacBook Air, early 2015 and later, MacBook Pro, early 2015 and later, um, a Mac Pro late 2013 and later, which I think is, you know, they've gone back to 2013. So if you have a Mac Pro, um, it's a uh, modern is available. Uh, for Mac Mini, late uh, 2014 and later, uh, iMac late 2015 and later, and iMac Pro. 2017 and later if you do not have any of these devices the highest that you can go is going to be big sur and there was a big sur update as well that rolled out um with the monterey update as well so if you have uh, one of those devices um definitely go ahead and upgrade so that you can get the newness that apple is offering um with um, with Mac uh, with Monterey OS, I haven't seen um, you know it came natively on um, on the uh, M1s, but um, I think as we kind of predicted, as soon as you kind of turn on your new M1, I went and checked for update, and sure enough, there was a Monterey 12.0.1 update <laughs> waiting. So, I that was one of the first things that I checked. I was like, let me see if there's anything new that, uh, may be out there before they built out all of these machines. And sure enough, um, there was an update. So, um, most folks, if you do an update now, you'll probably go ahead and get that 12.0.1 version. All right. Um, other than that, I did want to mention, I did see this and I don't think this is too unexpected um with all of the popularity of the iPhone 13 but the uh Q4 earnings call for oh, before Apple, you get to that before you get yes. to that
1: um uh we talked about uh M1 Pro first impressions um so I was talking about the actual hardware uh but if we before we get off of Monterey sure. uh, there are some dope features that I used with already with uh, macOS Monterey, more so than iOS 15, uh, one of them is the ability to do AirPlay from your phone or iPad directly to your Mac. So uh, last week, um, I uh, we did a my hookup for the week was doing text replacement or whatever. So the way I used my Mac to get my phone screen on my MacBook is. I had to manually connect my phone via cable to my MacBook. Right. That's step one, step two. And this is kind of a hookup in and of itself, right? (laughs) Uh, Step two was I had to open QuickTime player and then I had to start a movie recording. And then I had to select my iPhone as the camera. And then once I did those steps, then I was able to project my iPhone screen onto my computer so I could then do that, you know, walkthrough for the tip last week. If you didn't listen or you didn't watch it, definitely go back and watch last week's uh, show so you can get that. But uh, with Mac OS Monterey, now you can do AirPlay mirroring from your phone or your iPad directly to your Mac so you can use your Mac as a second display or mirror your iPhone screen wirelessly directly to your Mac without jumping through all those hoops, right? You just do the, um, do the, um, the uh, airplay and then you do screen mirroring. Your Mac will pop up and then you select that and then that you can automatically mirror your screen, but that's only for some com- compatible Macs. So pretty much any, any, any Mac with a M one chip, or any Mac with a T2 security chip will be able to use the AirPlay mirroring and the AirPlay audio. So also, if I'm playing music on my iPhone, I can use my Mac as, a terminal and as an external speaker as well. So those were just a few of the features with Mac on Monterey. Another one was quick notes. So right now, if I wanted to jot down a phone number, jot down an email, whatever the case may be, make a quick note. Previously, you got to open up the notes app. You got to select a new note. You got to put it in the right folder. You got to go to the right field and then you can do a note. Well, now in macOS Monterey, if you take your mic or not mic, your mouse and drag it to the lower right hand corner, it'll pop up a little field that you can then click on and it'll open up a quick note to where you can quickly type. So basically, they've just cut the steps that it takes for you to quickly pop open the notes app to where you can do a note. So that was a cool feature. Uh, The last one was shortcuts. They've brought shortcuts to the Mac to where now you can go in and select and set up automations on your Mac that will work across your iPad and your iPhone. So those are just a couple of the features that I've actually used only having my Mac for what? A full day, right? Mm -hmm. So again, definitely check those out if you do. Uh, I would highly suggest doing uh, macOS Monterey just for those features.
0: Cool. All right. Let's keep on going. Um, As I was mentioning, the um, Q4 um, Apple earnings call is happening tomorrow, which is Thursday, uh, October 28th. The earnings will be announced around uh, 1.30 Pacific time and then the actual apple earnings call with tim cook and all those financial folks directly at apple will happen 30 minutes later at 2 uh, p.m uh, pacific standard time um and they're expecting to see a huge bump in revenue which i don't think is that shocking as i was mentioning especially as it relates to the popularity of the iphone 13 sales um especially uh when you kind of take into consideration. The chip shortage issues and and those things, which will likely be, um, you know, front and center and, and a part of the conversation as well um, as it relates to um, to the sale of the device. Now, as we mentioned, the M1 Pros um, just uh, were released, so it's likely too early for any of the revenue from the sale of of the new MacBooks. Um, to be included in that because as you know, anytime you're pulling together these type of numbers, slide decks and presentations and calculations and all that have to be done prior to and seeming that they were just released uh, this week and the earnings call is on Thursday is likely not to be uh, in play. So just think of it as whatever the boost is or whatever the bump is, um, just remember that it's likely more than that when you factor in the sale of the M1, uh, the new M1 Max. Um, they are expecting, because all speculation, because you don't really know these numbers until, you know, it actually, the quarter actually closes. Um, but they are expecting a boost of almost, uh, uh, actually just over uh, $20 billion. Um, oh, wow. Last last year, it was $64.7 billion. And they're expecting this year for it to be $84 point eight five billion this year. So that's um a nice chunk of change. Um I wouldn't be mad if that showed up in my account. Um, yeah. even one percent of that or even a half a percentage of that, you know, kind of send it out my way. But um I think it just goes to show, you know, that Apple is continuing to, you know, kind of extend their gap over some of the other um you know, manufacturers and the fact that Apple not only has, you know, the laptop uh market uh, under their belt, they also have, you know, services, they have tablets, they have phones, whereas a lot of their competitors are, you know, solely focused on one specific area. So um we will definitely see tomorrow um what the actual numbers are. Um, I would be surprised if the analysts are off by too much because, again, as financial analysts, this is their job to to kind of know the trends and actually kind of have, uh, you know, and see, you know, what the expectation is. And they can do those calculations based on, on what's reported um, sales wise. So um, just a little um, earnings information if you do have any Apple stock. Uh, that you likely might see a bump, I think they were saying probably around a dollar bump per share um in the the overall scheme of things, so um check out your portfolios and and see if you can actually see a significant bump in your
1: holdings, yeah, yeah, um again, we are not uh financial um advisors, so no. you know don't don't get mad at us if you lose all your money. Uh, yeah. But I actually am starting to do a little bit of options trading and I mm-hmm. do have a contract with Apple uh, for December. Um, I won't get into it. Long story short, just take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping all that to say, I'm hoping that bump comes so I can see some gains on this contract so I can get out of it and collect my money. <laughs> right.
0: Because at the end of the day, it is about the dollar dollar bills. All right. Um, we talk a lot about um, Apple and their. Um, hold on, I had to adjust my screen. is that some kind of way It got smaller, um, and the the technology that they produce, and you know how we um, you know benefit from actually um, the devices that we, we use from Apple. But they also um, just launched ten new initiatives. That are surrounding their whole effort um, to become carbon neutral um, by 2030. So um, this isn't just you know in the states. This is uh, these are include global initiatives as well. Um, to date, Apple has doubled the number of suppliers that they have committed to using only clean energy just over the last year. Additionally, they have 175 Apple suppliers who will transition to using renewable energy. So that's on top of that double number of suppliers. They have seven hundred seventy-five new uh, suppliers that will be tra- transitioning as well. Um, also, they have 10 new projects, as I mentioned, that are aligned with their, quote, power for impact initiative, which is to bring uh, clean energy solutions to communities around the world. So a few of those include, of course, the United States, they are working with the, I am going to butcher this and to my indigenous people, I am truly sorry, but I believe it's Oseti Sakowin Power Authority, which is formed um, by six Sioux tribes who jointly developed um, a tribal renewable energy uh, resources. So this is, as we've mentioned, you know, the native community. Um, they are unfortunately some of the poorest communities in our country, even though this is their land and they are natives to this country. But Apple is partnering with them to um, to increase renewable energy um, in their uh, tribal homes uh, in South Africa. They are bringing renewable energy to over 350,000 households who previously didn't have it. In Nigeria, they are supporting the development of solar power systems um, to be the primary healthcare center in a particular state of Ondo, um, as well as an additional 200 households in the surrounding area. In the Philippines, they are funding an educational institution that provides scholarships to high high achieving and under-resourced students through uh, new rooftop solar installations. Over in Thailand, they are increasing renewable energy production and battery storage um, to ensure that the country has um, reliable access to electricity. In Vietnam, they are supporting a program to provide solar electricity to over uh, to 20 schools around the country. In Colombia, rooftop solar power systems are being added to um, a hospital. I believe it's Santa Ana Hospital Infantile. Um, and I want to say maybe that's a children's hospital. I'm not 100 percent sure. Don't quote me, but you can Google it. And in Israel, the Nitsani Educational Eco Village for At-Risk Youth uh, will get a solar installation to help lower electricity costs. So, in addition to the devices and services that we enjoy for Apple, they are trying to do their part to help with the climate change crisis that faces. Not only our country, but the world at large.
1: All right. No, that's pretty good because eventually you're not going to be able to ignore uh, climate change. You're not going to be able to ignore. Not you. Companies mm-hmm. won't be able to ignore uh, climate change. They won't be able to ignore pollution. Uh, for the most part, they've been able to say jobs, jobs, jobs. We're creating all these jobs. We're giving money to the we're building up the economy. So give us some slack on the <laughs> climate change and the pollution things. Eventually, they're not going to be able to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is dope that a con- company like Apple at the very least has decided they're going to be carbon neutral, meaning they're not going to waste any more energy that they produce, Um, you know, and actually. Putting forth effort versus just making a blanket statement that, oh, we're going to be carbon neutral or we're going to whatever. They're actually, like you mentioned, some of these specific efforts to either correct some of the wrongs or um, uh, think ahead and actually do some planning that will uh, prohibit or reduce any sort of changes going in the future.
0: Right. And again, these are 10 new initiatives. In addition to what they've already done so i definitely think this is the wave i i think i posted last night on twitter i was like there is a mosquito in my bedroom who is trying to attack me and i was trying to kill it and i was like we are at the end of october aren't mosquitoes supposed to be gone and someone commented it's it's called climate change and i was like oh
1: (laughs) right yeah so yeah we just had our mosquito people come today to uh, <laughs> spray our house. Because again, these things are not going anywhere. So it makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, that is it for the lowdown. Let's head on over to Second String where we talk all other tech. Starting off with our quote unquote babes. Facebook is back in the news. And this story um, actually kind of builds on something we we ha- we, we briefly mentioned. Last week and over the course of me doing the show notes, uh, this morning, there are some more things that have come out about Facebook that I'm sure, uh, everyone is aware of. But this particular thing, um, this is, a, a story from, um, The Verge, um, and it's entitled Facebook's Lost Generation. So essentially, Facebook is losing its young population. So, uh, based on the the data that they got I don't know how they got it but they got some screenshots and uh, not only screenshots but an internal Facebook uh, slide deck that is specifically focused on you know I think it's generation Z and maybe generation alpha I don't, I don't know. know what the num I don't I don't know what their names are anymore they lost me I mean after millennial right. I know oh. Z but I don't after Z I, I don't even know. But all
1: I all, all I know is I'm a Capricorn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So essentially, what you know the results of of this meeting was, or this presentation, with this information, a couple of key highlights: teenage users on uh, Facebook have declined by thirteen percent since 2019. That's just two years ago. They are expected an additional forty five percent decline. Over the next two years, young adults, meaning those who are between the age of twenty and thirty, are expected to decline by four percent over that same time frame. So they are losing, uh, you know, their the the youth, I guess, participation, which, let's be honest, is driving you know the culture ahead. They Facebook wants to make sure they continue to tap into young people because those are, that's the next generation of, that's going to be the next, you know, buying power block. And um what they were saying in the article is that a lot of these younger users see Facebook as a place for quote unquote old people. And they, their old people are, they think people between the ages of 40 and 50 are the ones who use Facebook the most. And uh, another stat was that the younger the user is, the less on average they regularly spend on the app. So the younger you go, the less time they are spending on Facebook. And Facebook basically says, you know what, you know, the aging user base, you know, the folks who are primarily using Facebook Mm -hmm. is a, quote, existential threat to the long term health of its business. So. What all of this, I think, to me signals is that this rebrand that we kind of heard about last week, maybe this, you know, presentation that they were a part of that the Verge got, you know, screenshots from and the deck from, maybe they are actually going to change the name or change the model or rebrand themselves to go after the youth. Population because teens, it says, spend two to three times more time on TikTok than on Instagram, and that Snapchat is the preferred way for them to communicate with their friends. Um, the account registrations for users under eighteen were down twenty six percent. So, and I think um, another thing that they mentioned is that a lot of of this population are really into Fortnite and i don't know what the robux thing is is roblox
2: mm-hmm. roblox
0: yeah mm-hmm. that's where they're spending uh spending most of their time and of course money because you have to buy certain things in these uh in these worlds mm-hmm. uh so to speak and so you know the 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 rumor is that you know facebook is going to go over to this meta universe they're going to cater their products to uh, younger users. Um, all of this, I think, um, is going to be allegedly announced on. I think it's tomorrow, which is Thursday, at Facebook's. Um, what do you call it? Their their Connect conference. Yeah, mm-hmm. on October twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. So this is where I guess I'm assuming Zuck is going to lay out his roadmap uh, for the company on on where they are planning to go. So, um, I guess we'll see because we did see, you know, their whole, uh, virtual, their AR glasses. That was, they were trying to bring that back. Um, they hired all those people, I think in Europe to, uh, look into this whole metaverse, um, fake world simulation type, type environment. So I think based on, you know, some of the things and some of the steps that Facebook has taken, That some of this, it may be some truth to it.
1: Well, um, I mean, it's not a question of whether or not there's truth to it. It is true. Um, Facebook as a platform, as a service, does have issues when it comes to younger users. Flat out, like you mentioned, younger users are going to apps like TikTok A little less so Instagram, Google, YouTube, but then Roblox and Fortnite and PlayStation and Xbox, that sort of thing. They do not have that at Facebook as a platform. And that's important uh, when I'll explain a little bit later. Facebook as a platform, as a service does not have that thing that will bring users in. In my opinion, they never will. Now, the younger users may gravitate towards TikTok and all these other things. Once they become our age, they may come back. But again, Mm -hmm. Facebook's kind of nervous or kind of paranoid or they're just money hungry and they just want to make sure they get as much money as possible as soon as possible, which is why they toyed around with Messenger for kids that people hated. They toyed around with Instagram for kids. People hate it. The reels. that they right, brought in that's kind of similar to TikTok. Right, right. That people are using but not mm-hmm. as popular as TikTok. People are bringing their TikToks over to Instagram Reels, right? Mm-hmm. Versus which is that's not what Facebook wants you to do. They want you to be in Instagram to create the reel, but that's not mm-hmm. the case, right? So what I think Facebook is going to do or what I've read and I agree with, they won't change their name. They'll pull a Google and what they'll do is they will create a parent company. For instance, Google did it. They called it Alphabet. Alphabet. And then under Alphabet, there's Google, there's Android, there's YouTube, there's all these other things that Google does. So they can then say, okay, these different verticals address these different use use cases or different groups. That's mm-hmm. what I think Facebook may do is, Facebook won't change its name. Facebook will be a Facebook. It will be a platform that does all the things that Facebook claims you want them to do. But the company won't be Facebook. It'll be something else.
0: You think it'll level up.
1: So have
0: a parent company, Facebook will just be one of those lines that come from the parent company. Then they'll have the other streams
1: So then they can create or research or play around with this new platform with this new vertical that can get these young folks. So then they can say okay well Facebook doesn't have a problem anymore. Well, it always have a problem, but they can focus Facebook on the customers that are there now and then like I mentioned experiment whether it be with Oculus and then to an extension the metaverse. I think that's mm-hmm. Facebook's play to try to attract younger users by using virtual augmented reality that's what that's what they think is mm-hmm. going to be the hook to get these younger that younger age group in by creating this metaverse because you already see it people are in uh roblox like you mentioned i have an 11 year old that spends all of her allowance in roblox so that's that young group we've got tiktok where people are making millions of dollars in tiktok could care less about a twitter or Facebook, or an Instagram, or YouTube, right? So They go where
0: the money is, and TikTok is the money for them.
1: Right, and it's influence, and it's what people are talking about, right? So Facebook, as a platform, may not ever get to that point, but what Facebook is, Mark Zuckerberg has decided to do is, okay, well, we're going to use Facebook and just stay Facebook. Then we'll experiment to get the younger folks into our ecosystem. It just may not be Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because again, Facebook, the company, they do own Instagram and WhatsApp, and all of those. Like you said, it does make sense when you, when you think about it that way. They have an umbrella company and then separate out those streams underneath, and you know they can kind of play with the numbers and play with the perception, um, so that it can you know maybe they will specifically cater Facebook to the older generation and say this is your space. This is just for you. See, young people. Old people have their own spot. This is your spot over here. Come and join us. Be our friend. Let us sell you things. Let us track you, etc. Right. So it should be interesting to see tomorrow what comes out of their company's annual conference, um, to see if we, you know, are on trend um, or what they ultimately decide to do or how they ultimately decide to structure it. Maybe find out the company name and and those type of things. So it will definitely be interesting to see how it really does play out because they do have to do something because they are losing market share and they are losing ground with these uh, younger um, younger gen Z, alpha beta, sigma theta
2: generations. <laughs> all, right, all right. Don't get caught up oh, oh, like isa Ray. Oh, no. I'm
0: not trying to get I'm not trying to get canceled for, for saying the, the the Greek alphabet. I'm sorry. I apologize. Don't come at me. Um uh, but if you want to you can't because I don't care. But um okay the next thing uh Google. Um they are now going to allow um underage people, people under the age of eighteen or their parents request to have uh, photos deleted from the search results. So this feature was originally announced back in August at their company announcement. Um, I believe we, we covered this as well, but now it's actually being rolled out. So what they're going to allow people to do, um, children or, you know, cause they are children, they're under 18 or they, are, they are children. So teenagers and those under 18 who are considered legally minors, um, in addition to their parents will be able to um, you know petition Google and have you know their photos removed from search results. So what they're doing is they're trying to build in some of these safeguards up front, so probably it'll be less work for them. But some of those safeguards include making video uploads private by default, so you don't have to necessarily go back and try and find something and and take it down you will have to intentionally make it public. And if you intentionally make it public, I'm thinking they're thinking that's, you want that to be out there. So you don't necessarily care if that is 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 in the public domain, if you are the person who was uploading it. Um, they are um, allowing, uh, they're going to be uh, able to disable and weed out some of the quote, overly commercial YouTube kids content um, that includes unboxing videos, probably views, those sorts of things.
1: Well, um, so and and that's important because there are YouTube creators. I don't know if their parents are doing it. I don't know if the kids are really interested in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But my girls, specifically my 11 year old, there she went through a phase to where all she watched was unboxing videos. And these unboxing videos seem cute. They seem unassuming and harmless in nature. Mm
0: -hmm. But if
1: you really took a look at them, all they're doing is peddling products Mm -hmm. at these kids to where then the kids will turn around and say, I got to have this. I got to have this. I got to have this. So they're already turning them into consumers With the under the guise of this is just a creator that is creating content that users want to see. But again, what they're actually doing is overly commercializing these kids to where then they'll either go to their parents or they will spend their own money and get in debt or drive their parents into debt because their parents credit card is linked to their account because parents will be doing research for whatever reason. Um. And then that's why you hear them stories about, oh, my kid ran up thirty thousand $14, dollars. 14000 dollars, yeah. Right, because what they did was all they did was, was glued in front of YouTube all day watching these unboxing videos of just products. All they're mm-hmm. doing is, you know, uh, we it's watch a sales them. Pitch. Right, it's a sales pitch. Right, we watch them as adults. You know, I'm an I'm an iPhone and Apple fan. So if you go into my YouTube search results, you'll see a whole bunch of unboxing videos for Apple products or whatever the case may be. I'm an adult. There are kids on YouTube making millions of dollars, and all they're doing is peddling products to kids, which can have a adverse re- effect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it also definitely puts the power in some of these kids' hands as well. If they are being, you know, forced into doing these, they don't want to do it anymore by okay, their parents.
1: Like, there are. Rice. again, I'm not again, not try to stage, stage parents, stage parents, exactly to where and these, they know kids, the money is. these kids have grown up on social media against their will. And then when they get to an age, you know, 15, 16, 17, and they are plastered all over Google search results because from the age of two, on up to 14. Newborn.
0: When these kids first come out, this parents got photos of them.
1: See? <laughs> right. They're right.
0: wearing XYZ. I got like, sponsorship.
1: Exactly. So you know you definitely want kids to create their own social identity. So the ability for them to actually request that their information, at the very least their photos, be removed from search results is, is a uh uh you know in the right direction of yeah. you know providing users with more control over their data
0: and giving these kids a little bit more autonomy over their own image right so in order to do this um the i mean i guess basically anybody meaning if you're under the age of 18 or if you are that person's parent or guardian you can request to have the photos removed by doing an online request now in this in this request there are some things that you specifically have to include you have to specifically say that, quote, imagery of an individual currently under the age of 18 is basically in this image. And that's the reason why you want to have removed. You also have to provide some personal information, which I'm assuming is to validate who you say you are. You have to provide the URLs of the image and the search query that that this image would come up in. So you can't just send the URL of the image. You have to show them, meaning probably a screenshot of what search results, what query, what you type in. If you typed in, you know, my nephew's Aiden, Aiden's unboxing video, you would have to include the actual query that would yield the image that you want to remove. Right. So um, in addition to doing that, Google reviews each individual request. And they follow up with whoever submitted the request if there is any additional verification that is needed. Finally, when the image is removed, Google notifies the person who submits the request that the image has been removed. I'm assuming if you didn't get notification, that means the image is still there. Um, I can't be 100% sure because all of the article just says that they will notify you when the image is removed, but I would assume. If the image isn't removed, they will let you know as well and let you know why the image is not removed. So that's pretty much the process. Uh, You know, if there are some images of you as a person who is a minor or the parent or guardian would want removed from Google search engine, there is a way that you can do that now. Yep. All right. I believe that is it. For second string, let's head on over to for the culture where we talk anything that is culturally relevant and that we just want to talk about anyway. There were quite a few things that were going on that we could have talked about this week, Um, but I saw this and it it caught my attention because as you know, I am a frequent Twitter user and I'm on Twitter more than any of the other um, social media platforms but uh um, what has been revealed is um this company um called bot sentinel um i believe they're based in the uk don't quote me on that but i believe they might be um so they did um a, a basically a, a study a report specifically based around um the uk royals um the Duke and and Duchess of Sussex, Harry and Meghan. Of course, Meghan is an American citizen. They went through all of the racial stuff in the UK, the harassment and all that kind of stuff. They moved, they stepped back from being working royal people. Now they are private citizens and they are based here in the United States in California. So um, this this group, Bot Sentinel, released um, their report on Tuesday. And what this report found that they analyzed 114,000 tweets related specifically to Harry and Megan, and they in- identified 83 Twitter accounts that allegedly makes up 70% of the most, uh, what is that? The most heinous and anti-Sussex sentiment. So of those 83 accounts, mm-hmm. 70% of the hate and harassment target to these people mm-hmm. comes on, on all of Twitter comes from 83 accounts. So between these 83 accounts, it makes up more than uh, 187,000 combined followers from these 83 accounts. But the, the kicker is that the reach from these 83 Twitter accounts is 17 million other Twitter users. And 80% of the harassment that they found were directly related and targeted to Megan, who is half black, half white, and is American. And what I found, I guess the most interesting part of this whole conversation is that these aren't bots that are doing this harassment. Very few of these 83 accounts are bots. Most of these accounts are the content is generated by actual people. So there are people who literally just apparently sit on Twitter all day and harass people that they don't know.
1: Are are you surprised? Are you surprised by any of this? I'm not surprised,
0: (laughs) but when you see the numbers, it's just astonishing that 83 accounts can do this much damage. So they have this thing. So of the 83 accounts, 55 are considered primary accounts and the remainder are considered secondary accounts. Um, but as of when I, when I first did this, it was four of those 55 accounts have been suspended for violating the content, I mean, the Twitter user agreement. And I want to say before I came down to record, I think another seven were added to that list as well. So, in addition to people, physical, individuals, human beings, run these accounts, not only are they smart enough to use these ADP accounts to reach these 17 million people, they are smart enough to, you know, use evasive maneuvers to avoid detection by de- deactivating their accounts or protecting their tweets or even mixing in other content to make it seem like they just aren't solely there as a hate account. For these two people that they don't know even though you know it's just kind of like a, a little smoke screen. so i say all this to say is we know twitter can be a dumpster fire we've said it many times before we've seen how bad it can be we've seen it even more recently with lil bootsy back harassing lil Nas x telling him to kill himself that nobody wants him here you know and he hashtagged. you know i think whatever related to kill yourself or something like he he hashtagged it, so it would show up, you know, in searches. He still has his account, and he's still, you know, talking trash.
1: Well, so, so well, that's, well, you know, the difference is. The difference, know, yeah,
0: there's a difference in right. what these, you know, two things are. Mm-hmm. But the, the question is, is, is related to both, even though each instance is separate. Should Twitter be doing more? Is there more they can do? Can they even keep up? With the amount of traffic that you know Twitter generates, whether it's hate speech, whether it's racism, whether it's homophobia, can they even keep up with this, especially that people have become so smart in maneuvering around and knowing you know kind of how to hide in plain sight, so to speak
1: so uh should tr- Twitter be doing more yes uh can they keep up no um those are the short answers uh the larger thing is again i asked the question earlier are you surprised uh specifically with harry and megan megan where is is it, it megan it's megan Mar- is megan yeah. okay uh because they're the perfect storm you are dealing with royalty mm-hmm. and the uk specifically if not the world in general is fascinated with royalty always has been um then you add that on to the fact that he is uh, Harry is going outside of the UK for his bride. He went outside of Europe. Mm-hmm. Make it even worse, he went to America. So mm-hmm. you add that. Then you add on top the fact that she is not solely Caucasian. She's mixed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, according to her. Well, not according to her. She is biracial. You know, her father is Her, white. Mom. her, her mm-hmm. mom is black. So you add that up. That is the perfect storm for people to be upset enough. To where real people are actually channeling and funneling all of this hate directly towards them. I mean, it doesn't take you. You don't have to go f- so far from the tree to uh, Harry's mom, Princess Diana. And she just was like, yeah, I really ain't with all this royalty stuff. And they hated her for that. So, you And can she am- ended
0: up being with, when, I think at the time of her death, she was with a non-white person. I think he was.
1: I'm uh, not sure. Uh, But the, the fact that she was just like, yeah, I'm not really on this, all this royalty stuff. And they drove her to the links at what she went, you know, um, so you can imagine. Her,
2: yeah.
1: Right. So you can imagine, you know, then his her son, you know, not only. You know, going against. Right, right. Going against, you know, royalty within bringing in this American, this black American, you know, so that's just a perfect storm. So all that to say, I can see this is very plausible to me. Um, The bigger question is, should Twitter be doing more? Yes. But the problem, the same problem as Facebook is having, that's not the problem, challenge. The same challenge they're having is Twitter and Facebook are marketplaces. And they do not create any content. All of the content that is on their platform is created by us, the users. All Twitter and Facebook is doing is providing the marketplace for us to provide and exchange this information. Since the data is the actual product. All Twitter and Facebook and some of these other social media platforms, all they care about is the data. They don't care about the people. Let me not say they don't care. Their focus is not the people who provide the content because we are free, free thinking. People who have our own opinions and have our own thoughts and have our own ideas and Twitter and Facebook, rightfully so, we don't control that. If you want to go on Twitter and open up Facebook and spew hate, you know, in a perfect world, you can't, I can't solely depend on Twitter or Facebook to clamp down on that. Because you can't clamp down on people because people are people and they're going to people (laughs) all over Twitter and all over Facebook.
0: People be people.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, So eventually... Ultimately, it's going to come down to us. Now, what the responsibility of a Twitter or a Facebook is the fact that they are using that content to create income Mm -hmm. and the more content they get, the more income that they make. And if we as people are gravitating towards this negative comment, specifically with uh, content rather. Specifically with Facebook and the whole, you know, um, giving giving teens complexes and uh, actually um, influencing politics, you know, their thing is, okay. well, if that's what's going to get the data, which is going to create revenue, then, you know, we'll look we'll gladly look the other way and let these people do that. And we'll just siphon this content and create this money. You know, if they're going to do that, then, yeah, they should have some more responsibility as to how they do a better job of making sure we don't walk off a cliff because there are they are can directly contribute are um, not contributing. They are. um, um, What's the word? They are making money, (laughs) lack of a better term, off Mm -hmm. of our, you know. Uh, off of our content. So they Mm -hmm. should have some, they should shoulder some responsibility. But ultimately, we are the ones providing the content, you know, so yes, they should be responsible. But I mean, (laughs) people are going to people no matter what Twitter and Facebook decide, no matter what the government decides to regulate, you know, now the time. And
0: people people know invasive maneuvers, like I mentioned, they know how to Hide in plain sight. They know how to game the system, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. And for one, for one account that they close, a bunch of other people are going to come right behind it. They're going to yeah. say free speech. They're going to say, you know, all these other even things. That's not what,
0: even though that's not what free speech means. Uh, yeah, but, they, they're going
1: to say it, right? Yeah, you know. And Twitter and Facebook are also going to be like, what? I mean, I can't stop you from logging into Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You know, so while all that, I don't want to sound so uh, flippant about it. But I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down to us.
0: Yeah. And that's something that you cannot um, account for because there are hateful people and there are people who are going to be vocal about their hate, um, especially when you lay it out, you know, all the things that kind of made up the perfect storm that is Harry and Meghan. So um, it's just one of those things where I don't know. You know, where you, where you draw the line because this isn't well, just happening with celebrities and famous people. This is happening with everyday regular people right. who someone decides to bully. And that's right. where I think the biggest issue comes from. Something like this gets a lot of attention, right. but your, your average person who may be experiencing the same thing, who may be experiencing a coordinated attack or a group of people kind of piling onto one person that may, you know, if you tell somebody to Nobody wants you to go kill yourself. If you're right. already and a vulnerable where, person, then that's where it gets tricky.
1: Well, not, no, that, that's a line. You know, um, you can't expect Facebook and Twitter to, you know, monitor and tell people what they can and can't put. But you can, they, Twitter and Facebook most certainly can do a better job of running the receipts, for lack of a better term, and uh, giving you a paper trail to where this content led directly to this effect of whether somebody harming themselves or influencing politics, like with the Cambridge Analytica mm-hmm. and all the Trump um, the presidential voting things, you know, and how mm-hmm. you know those uh, those groups utilized Facebook to organize mm-hmm. and actually plan the insurrection in January. You know, you can definitely have a paper trail and trace that back to how they were able to utilize social media. So that is a clear line where social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook can say, hey, we can do something about that
0: to mitigate
1: everything not going to happen.
0: And I think a part of the the data that they they collected and analyzed, apparently a unique ID is given to um, a person when they open a Twitter account. And he was able to track the same Twitter ID across multiple accounts that were hate accounts. So, you know, looking at it, you know, just at a high level on the surface, he was able to kind of say, this all is kind of like working together. And then when you throw in, you know, the UK media is a whole nother thing. We think our media is bad. Theirs is even worse because the tabloids, are their news source whereas Mm -hmm. you know our tabloids here in america we know what they are and nobody kind of really pays too much attention to them but over there the tabloid is the news and they take that as as gospel and then when you factor in the whole royalty thing you know they're our leaders and you have to worship them and adore them that type of thing and it just kind of it just (laughs) again it's perfect storm storm. i'm not shocked but i am when you see it all kind of laid out clearly that this is obviously a coordinated type of situation that came about because this white man married this half-black lady
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not surprised
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right that is it for the culture let's head on over to the hookup So you got a twofer in the hookup this week, both Terrence and I have a hookup. My hookup is quite simple. What I've learned in using this wonderful new expensive device that I've purchased, make sure that your accessories are Thunderbolt 4, i.e. USB-C compatible. Make sure that if your devices aren't already compatible, you have the necessary dongles adapters or whatever the case may be because your current setup likely will not work as is and heading over to Brother tech he is going to finish this up
1: well just to piggyback off of what nika said you know there are some specific products that you can get if you do have a earlier model macbook that only has USB A, which is the traditional usb ports or You have peripheries and accessories that connect to your Mac that will soon become incompatible when you upgrade to a M1 Pro or M1 uh, Max MacBook Pro or any newer uh, MacBook. My wife has a MacBook Air that only has USB-C, so I had to buy her a dongle, which in my hookup is one of the uh, products that I recommend. It is a Anchor. USB-C hub. It's a six-in-one hub. So it gives you HDMI. It gives you two uh, Thunderbolt 4 or USB-C ports. It gives you an Ethernet port. It gives you USB-A ports, which are the traditional USB ports. And it gives you an SD card slot. You plug all those into this uh, hub and then it has one USB port that you can plug into. So you don't have plugs and cables coming every which way out of your Mac like (laughs) I currently do. (laughs) I've got a USB port uh, plug for my camera and I've got a USB port for um, my um, ethernet adapter. And then I've got a USB-A port coming out of a dongle for my mic. And I've got uh, another USB-A port to plug my phone to my computer. So this uh, dongle kind of, gives you that one connection to your Mac, and then that splits out to all of the other peripherals. Uh, If you do want to upgrade your devices and your peripherals to USB-C, you can do so. For instance, in our example, um, we have older, well, in my example, I have an older Blue Yeti mic that has a micro USB port in the bottom of it. And the cable that came with my Blue Yeti Turns that micro USB into the USB a port, which is the traditional USB a port, then I then have to plug into a dongle that then plugs into my Mac. Well, if I want to upgrade my connection, I can do so. And that's my other um, hookup is there is a Ugreen mini USB or micro USB to USB C cable so I can plug my Blue Yeti mic directly. Into my Mac without first going into a USB hub. So however you want to do it, if you want to go directly from your peripherals into your Mac, uh, you can do that. Or if you want to plug all your peripherals into a hub and then plug that hub into a to your Mac, you can do so. So that is my hookup for the week. You know, like I said, to piggyback off of Nika, you know, you will need to buy some sort of adapter or dongle or cables if you are getting a new macbook pro so we put links in the show notes for that so if you are interested you can go to our website and get those quick links to get those products all on amazon of course
0: yep and i will be purchasing those expeditiously because <laughs> yeah i need them to be able to use my new device the way i want to
1: right i'm surprised your uh airpods batteries Hasn't screamed in your ear. I'm about to die <laughs> because yeah.
0: So far they're good. I am still. I'm at about 43 percent uh battery on both the left and the right side. Okay, so, but uh... yeah,
1: but on the flip side, you can tell um to do a little inside baseball. Anytime you went to like right now when you touch them, since you're using the microphone for your, you can hear like the feedback of you touching. Your mic mm. similar to how I would kind of scratch at my mm-hmm. mic. You can kind of hear that, right? So, yeah. You... Oh, that sucks because
0: <laughs> you're going to hear that a lot. I have small ears, and when I talk, my earbuds kind of slide out. So I think I like push them in. So apologies right. so... in advance for, for that.
1: <laughs> so if you don't be like Nika <laughs> and make sure you get the right uh, accessories for your new M1 MacBook Pro.
0: Definitely. All right, that is it for this week. Um, definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also engage with us on social media. We're at Snob Cast everywhere. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, be sure to watch us on YouTube. We're at Snob Cast there as well. And make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. Also, if you want to have some additional dialogue with us, you can leave us any comments and or suggestions on our website, snobwestcast.com. You can shoot us over an email at snobwestcast at gmail.com, and you can also join our chat community on Discord, and you can go to our website for that link as well. If you want to financially support the show, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can do that by becoming a Patreon supporter. We have two tiers, a $3 a month tier, which includes access to the live show early, um, access to exclusive content, and for the $5 a month tier, you can get access to the exclusive content, access to live show taping, audio feed of exclusive content early, and access to our very special Snobbist channel inside of Discord. And finally, the third way that you can support the show is by sending us over a love offering via PayPal. PayPal and you can do that by going to paypal.me slash And that is our show for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. We will see you again next week. Peace. Bye, everybody.